Welcome to installment 302 of Sefer Mitzvahs from the Rambam. Today's portion continues our discussion of the laws of interest with prohibition number 237, that one is prohibited from even being a participant or an accessory to a loan involving interest, the prohibition of being, for example, a witness or a scribe. As we have seen from the previous mitzvahs involving interest, it is something which certainly needs a careful avoidance in terms of Jewish law. And here we see that it is something so despicable in Jewish law that not only directly participating in the loan, being the borrower or even the lender is prohibited, but any other sort of, pro of participation is also prohibited. As the Talmud says in Tractate Baba Metzia, that even the guarantor, the Orev, who, who agrees to pay back the loan, in case the borrower forfeits the Arav, and in addition, any witness to the loan, and in addition to them, the one who writes the document of the loan, all of them are transgressing Prohibition 237, which derives from the book of Exodus, chapter 22, verse 24, which states, Do not put interest on the person. And since these people are all participating in the loan which will produce interest, they are included in this, in this prohibition. They also get another prohibition, this prohibition 237. And the Talmud says not only does this prohibition apply to the ones that assist in the loan, but it applies to the lender as well. The lender has his own prohibition for lending and also is participating in the interest-bearing interest loan. And therefore he gets a prohibition. As the Rambam quotes the Talmud, which lists various verses, all of which the lender ends up transgressing upon. And the Rambam expands upon the Gemara and totals them up to six different prohibitions, six different verses prohibiting interest in relating directly to the lender. The first one that Amba mentions was Prohibition 234. As we mentioned there, that is prohibited to act as a creditor towards the borrower, which means that when you know he does not have the money to appear before him. As the Rambam explained over there, however, acting like a regular creditor, meaning not behaving like a Jewish creditor, includes asking the person for interest. Therefore, the lender gets that prohibition. In addition, he gets the regular prohibition 235 for lending money with interest. And as we discussed in that shir, there are actually three separate verses indicating this prohibition. Lisitain b'neshech, and also a verse mentioning marbis, and altikach neshech, all of these three verses refer to the malve, a person who is lending money. So therefore, there are another three. In addition, he gets this prohibition we mentioned today, number 237, for participating in the interest loan. And in addition, he has a sixth prohibition, the prohibition of lifne iver, of causing someone else to do a sin. Who is he causing to do a sin? All the other participants in the loan. First of all, the borrower, as we mentioned in Prohibition 236 in yesterday's shir, that even the borrower gets a prohibition, so he's causing the borrower to do an, a violation. So too the witnesses and the, the scribe and so on, all of them get Prohibition 237, today's Prohibition. And he's causing all of them to sin, and therefore he has the Prohibition 299 Lifne Iver, causing or assisting someone else in doing a sin. 
And Abaye in the Gemara summarizes the prohibitions. That the person who is lending gets all the prohibitions we mentioned. The person who is borrowing gets two. One for borrowing with interest and another for causing someone to do a sin. In this case, the lender. As we mentioned, both of these prohibitions in yesterday's shir. And in addition, the, the guarantor and the witnesses get today's prohibition, Lisa Simon, the prohibition of participating in a loan. If that loan involves interest. The law is that even after interest has been taken, that it's a responsibility of the malva, of the lender, to return the interest he took and give it back to the borrower. If it is ribis ketutza, ribis interest by biblical law, he is required to return it. Because of the many difficulties in lending money without taking interest and the danger that people will not lend money, our sages found a technical way in which a person could lend money and nevertheless gain something back without violating this prohibition of interest. And this is very relevant in today's world where there are mortgages and if one Jewish person takes a mortgage from another or takes a loan from another Jew or even from a bank according to, to most opinions and even if a person is a notary or a lawyer or any other job involving loans which could involve interest or any mortgages, a person could touch on this prohibition 237. He would be forbidden from notarizing any sort of loan or mortgage which would involve interest, should it be between two Jews. Our sages have instituted what's known as heter iske, a way of making such an arrangement not totally a loan, but partially an investment. And the, although there are many details and variations, and in any case where this must be made, where it is necessary, a competent rabbi must be consulted, in general the idea is as follows. Part of this total amount, let's say $1,000 is being lent. You could make a thousand, uh, 500, one half of the amount, you could make a loan. And for that amount, the borrower will pay back the lender the $500 he borrowed and will not t use it will not give interest on that loan. The other $500, he can take as an investment, not as a loan. And the law is that on an investment you can make money. Just like you would give somebody money to invest in a store in exchange for some of the profits of the store, so too you could give the person $500 with the expectation he will share some of the revenue with you. This is known as the heter iske, and you make a shtar iske, iske referring to the business proposition which is made, and therefore any of the return which is coming to, back to the lender, or in this case he would be properly called the investor, is, is interest-free. This is not interest, this is an investment being returned to him. Therefore, he could lend $1,000 and get back 1100 for example. 500 is the original loan he gave for 5. However, the other 600 he gets back was $500 of the investment and $100 of the profit for the investment. And this would be legal if done properly according to Jewish law. As in all concepts and laws of the Torah, even the rabbinic enactments, such as this of Heter Iska, have tremendous significance in spiritual realms, as explained in Tera Sachsidus. 
And the Tzemach Sedek explains that the idea of Iska is that half of it is used as the person, is the, the, the one, one person gives the other money to invest, and from this the money, there will be a gain. So in the example we brought before, one person gives $500 for the person to invest and will return six. The other part of the is considered the loan that he has given $500 and that remains stable. And the Tzemach Sedek explains that the one is giving that is giving the money is referring to Hashem, the Holy One, blessed be He. And who is on the receiving end? Us. That we get the neshama. We have a, we have a soul, a holy soul which Hashem gives to us. And what the soul accomplishes here is on two different levels. One thing we can do is we can add on holiness to the world, which is the idea of the first part of this business transaction, the iska, the investment, that a person invests money that there should be a gain. So too, Hashem gives us the neshama, He gives us a holy soul, that we should do mitzvahs, and thereby add on holiness to the world. And we give the money back to the lender, or the investor in this case, the one the investor is the Holy One, blessed be He. And He is the one that gains, since we have added on holiness in the world. On the other hand, regarding part of what He gives us, and the part which is the loan, you cannot add. It's a loan, and interest cannot be taken for a loan. It remains stable all the time. And this that Tzemach Sadiq refer says is referring to the way Tzemach Kololmin, the superior encompassing light of Hashem, which is perfect, which is complete, and does not need anything added to it. There is no room for adding on holiness there, looks upon the things which happen on this earth. Even though the Nisham is doing tremendous things, there is nevertheless a higher level of God's revelation where the, the actions in this world are somehow pale in significance, that there is such extreme revealed holiness on such a level that whatever we do cannot affect and increase. And this is like a loan, that once a person, a, a person takes a loan, then the law of the Torah is the, the loan remains stable. More money cannot be added on. And this is referring to the level of godliness where its holiness is complete and nothing can even be added. However, even in the loan, when the, when the borrower takes this loan, he cannot give more money back to the lender. But he himself can use the loan to make more money. So therefore we see we, there can be an increase. And who is the increase to in this case? The increase is to the neshama itself. That the soul itself, through performance of Torah and mitzvahs down here in this world, itself gets an increase. And the soul, although it came from a very holy place, after its service in this world, in Torah and mitzvahs, will be Yerida Tzorach Aliyah, its descent to this world, will be for the sake of a later ascent, and it will come up not only to its original level, but even higher than it was before. And this is the advantage that it gets as a result of its loan, that it is borrowed in a Shama, and this is the second half of the Iska, of this agreement. The first half is to give something back to Hashem, that He invested in us, and we give more holiness back to Him. And the second half is what the borrower gets out of it. That as a result of our service here in this world, we actually gain. And our soul gets additional holiness and an elevation even compared to where it was before it descended to this world.